Allah the Exalted says, Part number 4, Surah An-Nisa, Chapter 33, Verse 37. Whoso disobeys Allah and his messenger and transgresses his limits, God shall make him enter hell. He shall abide in hell forever, and a humiliating punishment shall descend upon him. Now consider, what can be a greater warning with regard to severing one's ties with the messenger than the God of honor and glory declaring that whosoever disobeys the messenger is promised eternal hell? Yet Mia Abdul Hakim says, One who rejects and disobeys the Holy Prophet, if he be established upon Tawheed, shall without doubt go to paradise. I know not what kind of Tawheed has permeated his being that can lead to paradise despite disobeying and opposing the Holy Prophet, who is the fountainhead of Tawheed, the curse of God beyond the liars. Allah the Exalted says, Part number 5, Surah An-Nisa, Chapter 4, Verse 65 of the Holy Quran. Translation We have sent every prophet so that he should be obeyed by the command of Allah. It is obvious that in keeping with the purpose of this verse, it is obligatory to obey the prophet. Hence, how can a person who is not obedient to the prophet attain salvation? Allah the Exalted says, Part number 3, Surah Al-Imran, Chapter 3, Verse 32-33 Say to them, If you love Allah, then come follow me, so that Allah may love you too and forgive your sins. And Allah is most forgiving and merciful. Say to them, Obey Allah and His Messenger. But if they turn away from disobedience, then remember that Allah does not befriend disbelievers. It is patently clear from these verses that forgiveness of sins and love of God Almighty are dependent upon the belief in the Holy Prophet. May peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And those who do not believe in him are disbelievers. Allah the Exalted says, Part number 6, Surah Al-Nisa, Chapter 4, Verse 151 to 153 Translation those people who reject Allah and the Messenger and seek to create a divide between God and His Messengers, saying, We believe in some and not in others. In other words, belief in God alone or belief in some Messengers is enough, and it is unnecessary to believe in the Messenger or all the Prophets in conjunction with the belief in God, and they seek to discard divine guidance, adopting an incomplete religion instead. Such indeed are confirmed disbelievers, and we have prepared a humiliating punishment for the disbelievers. And those who believe in God and the Messenger and do not create discord between God and His Messengers, that is, do not adopt this divisive belief in God alone and not His Messengers, nor do they like the schism of believing in some of the prophets while rejecting others, God shall give such people their reward. Now where is Mia Abdul Hakim Khan, the apostate who was estranged from me on account of such writing of mine? It will be better for him to ponder with an open mind how God has linked belief in his existence to belief in his messengers. The secret underlying this is that man has been invested with the capacity of believing in Tawheed in the way that fire is latent within a stone. The person of a messenger is like a flint. 
who strikes the stone by focusing his attention upon it and brings out the latent fire in the stone. It is not possible, therefore, that without the flint of a prophet, the spark of Tawheed may be ignited in any heart. It is only a prophet who brings down Tawheed upon the earth, and it is achieved only through him. God is hidden, and he displays his countenance through a messenger. Footnote start. On one occasion it so happened that I remained very much occupied with calling down blessings on the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, for a long time, for I believe that the ways leading to God are very fine and cannot be discovered, except through the agency of the Holy Prophet, as Allah says to, and seek the way of approach unto him. Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 36 of the Holy Quran. After a time I saw in a vision that two water carriers came and entered into my house, one by the outer entrance and the other by the inner entrance, carrying on their shoulders water skins full of divine light, and they said, This is on account of the blessings you have invoked upon Muhammad. Footnote end. Allah the Exalted says, Part number 6, Surah An-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 171 of the Holy Quran. Translation, O mankind, the messenger has come to you with the truth, therefore believe in that messenger. Your betterment lies in it, but if you choose to disbelieve, then Allah is not in need of you. The heavens and the earth all belong to him, and all are subservient to him, and Allah is all-knowing, all-wise. Allah the Exalted says, part number 29, Surah Al-Mulk, chapter 67, verse 9 to 10 of the Holy Quran. When a host of disbelievers will be cast into hell, its guardian angels will ask them, Did no warner come to you? They will reply, Yes, he did come, but we rejected him, and we said that God had sent nothing. Now take note that these verses clearly prove that the dwellers of hell would be cast into it because they did not accept the prophets of the age. Allah the Exalted says, Part number 26, Surah Al-Hujurat Chapter 49, verse 16, Translation It is nothing except that the believers are those who believed in Allah and the Messenger, and thereafter remained steadfast in their belief, and did not fall into doubts and suspicions. Note how Allah the Almighty has specified in these verses that in His sight, they alone are believers who believe not just in God alone, but believe both in God and the Messenger. How then can there be salvation without belief in the Messenger, and of what use is Tawheed without the belief in the Messenger? Allah the Exalted says, Part number 10, Surah Tawbah, Chapter 9, Verse 59 of the Holy Quran. Translation The sole reason why the alms of the unbelievers are not accepted is that they deny God and His Messenger. Now note how these verses make it quite clear that the deeds of those who do not believe in the Messenger go to waste. God does not accept them. How can there be salvation if deeds come to naught? Footnote start. All these verses apply to those who come to know of the person of the messenger, and the invitation of the messenger reached them. We cannot say anything about those who remain totally unaware of the existence of the messenger, nor did his invitation reach them. God knows about their circumstances. He will deal with them in keeping with his mercy and justice. Footnote end.
Allah the Exalted says, part number 26, Surah Muhammad, chapter 47, verse 3 of the Holy Quran. Translation, as for those who believed and performed righteous deeds and believed in that discourse, which has been revealed upon Hazrat Muhammad, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. And that indeed is the truth. God will forgive the sins of such people and will set their hearts aright. Note how much God Almighty expresses his pleasure on account of their believing in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, that he forgives their sins and takes upon himself the charge of purifying them. Then how unfortunate is the one who says that he has no need of believing in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Vanity and arrogance have made him think of himself as something special? How true are Saadi's words. O Saadi, it is impossible to tread the path of purity except by following the Chosen One, the Holy Prophet Love for that Sovereign Prophet takes one towards Paradise, the fragrance of which is denied to those who are estranged from him. Allah the Exalted says, Part number 10, Surat Tawbah, Chapter 9, Verse 63 of the Holy Quran. Translation are they not aware that the one who opposes Allah and the Messenger shall be cast by God into hell, wherein he shall abide forever? This is a great humiliation. Now let Mr. Abdul Hakim state his opinion. Will he submit to this verdict of God? Or will he be audacious enough to confront the warning contained in these verses? Allah the Exalted says, Part number 3, Ruku 17, Surah Al-Imran Chapter 3, verse 82 of the Holy Quran. Translation. And remember the time when God took a covenant from all the messengers? When I shall give you the book and wisdom, and then in the latter days shall come my messenger who will testify to the truth of your books. You will have to believe in him and will have to help him. Then he asked, Have you agreed and become firm on this covenant? They said, We have agreed. At this Allah said, now be witness to this covenant of yours, and along with you, I too am a witness over it. Now it is obvious that the prophets died at their appointed times. This injunction that when the particular messenger appears, they must believe in him, otherwise they will be held accountable, applies to the followers of all prophets. Now me, Abdul Hakim Khan, who possesses imperfect knowledge and is a danger to faith, should explain, were salvation possible through belief in barren Tawheed alone? Why would God hold such people accountable who are convinced of Tawheed but do not believe in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him? In addition to this in the Torah, Deuteronomy chapter 18, there is the verse that whosoever will not believe in the Prophet of the latter days, I will require it of him. Hence, were Tawheed alone sufficient, then why would this demand be made? Will God forget his word? I have for brevity quoted only these verses from the Holy Quran. Otherwise, the Holy Quran is full of verses to this effect. In fact, the Holy Quran opens with the verses of this kind as he says, Surah Al-Fatiha, chapter 1, verse 6 to 7, meaning that, O our God, guide us along the path of the messengers and the prophets who have been the recipients of your favors and bounties. It is evident from this verse which is recited in the prescribed prayer five times a day, that the spiritual reward from God, namely cognition and love of God, 
is received only through messengers and prophets and not through any other means. I do not know whether or not Mi Abdul Hakim Khan offers his prescribed prayer. Had he done so, it would have been impossible for him to remain unaware of the meaning of the verses. Nevertheless, since belief in Tawheed alone is sufficient according to him, what is the need for prescribed prayer? Prescribed prayer is just a form of worship taught by the messenger. One who is not concerned with following the messenger would have no concern for the prescribed prayer. According to such a person, even the Mawahid, believers in the oneness of God, Brahmas, have attained salvation. Do they offer the prescribed prayer? In his opinion, a person after renouncing Islam can still attain salvation because of his belief in barren Tawheed, and so can anyone from among the Jews, Christians, and Aryas, who is a Muwahid, even if you reject Islam and be antagonistic to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, who must be of the view that the prescribed prayer earns no reward and fasting is futile. Footnote start. As far as one can understand from his writing, according to Abdul Hakim Khan, there is another justification for a person to renounce Islam. Namely, that a person who has not found, in his opinion, adequate arguments in favor of the truth of Islam can attain salvation even after renouncing Islam because he is not satisfied with the veracity of Islam. But he should have defined what, according to him, constitutes the completion of the argument. Footnote end. However, for a believer, just the above verse is enough to show that prophets and messengers alone are the owners of spiritual wealth, and it is through following them that everyone partakes of his share. Moreover, the following are the opening verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, chapter 2, verse 3 to 6. Translation This book, which is free from doubt and confusion, is guidance for the righteous. And the righteous are those who believe in God, whose being is hidden beyond hidden, establish prayer, spend a portion of their wealth in the cause of God, believe in the book that has been revealed to you, and also in those books that were revealed before you. They alone enjoy guidance from God, and they alone will attain salvation. Now wake up and open your eyes, O Mi Abdul Hakim the Apostate. For in these verses, God Almighty has delivered his verdict and restricted salvation only to the consideration that people should believe in his books and worship him. There can be no contradiction or discrepancy in the word of God. Allah the Glorious has made obedience to the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, an essential precondition for salvation. Therefore, it will be dishonest to deviate from these verses of decisive import and run towards mutashabihat verses that are susceptible to different interpretations. Only those whose hearts are afflicted by hypocrisy hasten towards the mutashabihat. The point of wisdom concealed in these verses is that God Almighty has said in the verses above, Surah Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 2 to 3 of the Holy Quran, meaning that this is the book that has come into existence out of the knowledge of God Almighty, since his knowledge is free from ignorance and forgetfulness, this book is free from every doubt and confusion. And since the knowledge of God possesses a perfect power to make human beings perfect, therefore this book is perfect guidance for the righteous. Footnote start. Unless a book is perfect in all its four cases, it cannot be called perfect. This is why in these sources God Almighty has mentioned all the four cases of the Holy Quran, namely, 1 the efficient cause, two, the material cause, three, the formal cause, four, the final cause, 
and all four are at their perfection. Thus, alif lam mim refers to the perfection of the efficient cause. It means, inna la ilam, i.e., I am God, knower of the unseen. I have sent down this book. Since God is the efficient cause of this book, the maker of this book is stronger and more perfect than any other maker. The perfection of the material cause is indicated to by the verse, Zalik al-Kitab, means that this book which has adorned the cloak of existence from the knowledge of God, there is no doubt that the knowledge of God Almighty is more perfect than all knowledge. The perfection of the formal cause of the Holy Quran is indicated to by the words, La Rai meaning that this book is free from every error, doubt, and confusion. And what is there to doubt that the book which has originated from divine knowledge is unmatched and beyond comparison with respect to its authenticity and being free from every flaw? It is most perfect and absolute in being free from every error, doubt, and confusion. The perfection of its final cause is indicated too in the verse Hudalil Muttaqeen, meaning that this book is the perfect guidance for the righteous and provides the greatest possible guidance for human nature. Footnote end. It elevates them to the station that is the highest pinnacle for the progress of human potential. God says in these verses that the righteous are those who believe in the unseen God, establish prayer, spend a portion of their possessions in the way of God, and believe in the Holy Quran and the earlier scriptures. They alone stand firmly rooted in right guidance, and they alone shall attain salvation. These verses show that salvation cannot be attained without belief in the Holy Prophet, may peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, and without obedience to his instructions regarding prayer, etc. False are those who forsake the noble Prophet and seek salvation through mere barren tawheed.